want you just to turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 30. This was the scripture that we began 2020 with. Out of this scripture came the whole resilient 2020. And as we embark on seven days of praying and fasting, I want us just to go back to the scripture from verse 1. It says, now it happened when David and his men came to Ziglag on the third day. Somebody say, third day. Third day in the Bible is very significant and symbolical. Jesus rose on the third day. The third day is, is, is symbolical of resurrection power. It's symbolical of coming up out of the ashes. It's, I believe that we are, as the church, in our third day. And it says there that the Amalekites had invaded the south in Ziklag, attacked Ziklag, and burned it with fire. Burned it with what? Burned it with what? Burned it with fire. Just now, I'm going to show you how there's a wrong fire and a right fire. And had taken captive the woman and those who were there from small to great. The wrong fire will always take people captive, the wrong fire. If you're ignited by the wrong fire, the wrong fire will put you in bondage. It'll hold you hostage. It'll take you captive. And so it says there that, that they did not kill anybody, but they carried them away. And so David, verse 3, and his men came to the city, and there it was burned with, burned with what? The wrong kind of fire. And their wives, their sons, and their daughters had been taken what? Taken captive. The wrong fire will always take people captive. The wrong fire will put bondage. The wrong fire will enchain, enslave. That's a, there's a right fire and a wrong fire. It takes the right fire to take people out of captivity and the wrong fire to put them back into captivity. And then verse 4 says, And David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. Not only does the wrong fire put you in captivity and enslave you and bring a certain amount of bondage, but it will bring a certain amount of anguish and sorrow to the point where you cry and cry and you don't even have the power anymore to cry. Let me tell you, if you're in that place, I don't know if anybody here has ever been in that place, but that's not a good place to be in. That is an emotional trauma and an emotional abuse that the wrong fire will put on your life. There's a physiological response to when you cry. Crying is good, actually. When you cry, you're flushing out your body of toxins and you're getting rid of all the stress hormones. So it's good for you to cry. But when you are at a place that you are so grieved and so traumatized and so hurt, and there's such pain and ache in your heart where you don't have the tears to cry, that's not a good place to be in. I mean, if you would agree with me. And David's two wives, Ahinoam, the Jezreelitess, and Abigail, the widow of Nabal, had been taken captive. There's that word again, captive. 
And on top of all of this, verse 6 says, Now David was greatly distressed to add sorrow to sorrow, to bring more fire to the fire. He was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because the soul of all the people were grieved, every man for his son and his daughters. But how many of you know David? He wasn't prepared to stay in that place. David strengthened himself in the Lord. And he grabs a hold of God and everything that represents God. And he goes to the priest. And he says, please bring me the ephod here to me. And Abiathar brought the ephod to David. And David inquired of the Lord, saying, shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him. God spoke and said, pursue For you shall surely overtake them and without fail, without fail, recover all. Can you say amen? So when we looked at the beginning of this year at our theme, Resilient, I gave you some of the meanings of resilient. And resilient means to be able to withstand or to recover quickly from a difficult situation. Anybody been in a difficult situation this year? I mean, I don't know. Some, I think I heard somewhere, somewhere there's a, there's a COVID-19. <laughs> but how many of you <laughs> have had a difficult situation as a result of COVID-19? Resilient means that we have the ability to not only withstand but to also recover quickly from a very difficult situation. It means to be able to recoil or spring back into shape after being bent, after being stretched, after being compressed. Anybody feel like you've been compressed this year? Three people in this place, thank you for your enthusiasm. Anybody feel like you've been stretched this year? Huh? Come on. So that's what resilient means. It means to bounce back. It means the ability to be pliable, supple. And in this week of our prayer and fasting, the first week we looked at pursuing. This week we're looking at overtaking. We're going to look at overtaking, which means to catch up with somebody and not just stay at that same pace. If you stay at that same pace, you will not overtake that person. You have to catch up to that person, and then you have to have something on the inside of you that is going to catapult you, that is going to cause you to surge, that is going to give you the impetus to overtake whatever it is that you are supposed to overtake. I'm supposed to overtake depression. I'm supposed to overtake poverty. I'm supposed to overtake uh, 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 lack. I'm supposed to overtake anything that is against the will of God for my life. Can I get an amen? Hallelujah. And so we're looking at those three letters, I-L-I, this whole week, I-L-I. The first I stands for ignite and instigate. Not instigate like we want to be an instigator and cause people to riot and burn stuff. That's the wrong instigation. I'm talking about a stirring and influencing that will get you into the presence of God. Hallelujah. And we're talking about an igniting, setting a light. Amen? All right. Then, somewhere in this week, we're going to talk about the L. The L means that you have leverage. You have leverage. 
And leverage is what gives you the cutting edge so that you can overtake, so that you can overtake. Look at somebody and tell them, because of the Holy Ghost, I have leverage. I have a cutting edge. Hallelujah. Look at somebody else and tell them, I'm sharp in the spirit. My axe is sharp. My axe is not dull. Can I get a better amen? The L also means that if you are going to overtake somebody, there are some things that you have to leave behind. Hallelujah. There are some L lots that you have to leave behind. Remember, God had to separate Lot from Abraham. How many of you, you know of some lots that you're going to have to leave behind? Not, not in a bad way. Not that you're better than them. Not that you're more righteous than them. But the L is that you're going to have to let go of some things as well. Look at your neighbor and say, there are some things you're going to have to let go. Come on, if we want to have that cutting edge, if we want to overtake, hallelujah, there's some baggage that you've got to let go of. There's some mindsets that you're going to have to let go of. There's some attitudes maybe that you've developed as a result of COVID-19 that you're going to have to let go of. We're going to look at the L, letting go. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? And then the last I, I-L-I, is to have, we're not just going to overtake. We're not just going to succeed for the sake of succeeding. We're not going to just prosper because we, we, we like to prosper. We're going to show off our prosperity. We're going to overtake. And as we overtake, we are going to leave behind an impressionable influence. Hallelujah. So that when people see us overtaking, they're not drawn by our prosperity. They're not drawn by our success. But they are drawn by the one that we serve. We are leaving an impressionable influence. That is the scent and aroma of Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen in this place? So those are the three things that we are going to be praying for over this week. Today I want to talk about ignite, which really means to kindle, to trigger, to spark, to provoke. And then the word instigate, there's so many different words that means to encourage. It means to urge. It means to provoke. It means to stimulate. It means to uh, influence. It means to motivate. All of those how many of you know we're living in a day and age where we are being influenced and inspired and stirred up by everything else than other than the Holy Ghost? Can I get an amen in this place? And I know that COVID-19 is real. It's here and all of the ramifications that have come with it. But let me tell you, we have been instigated. We have been influenced. We have been stirred up by everything else other than the Holy Ghost. Even when it comes to the church world, hear me, family, this morning. We love the Word, and we love to help, and we love to serve, and we love to feed the poor, and all of that is all well and good. But we don't want to have too much to do with the Holy Ghost. It's like somehow we're embarrassed of the Holy Ghost. But the Holy Ghost is much needed. Look at somebody and tell them the Holy Ghost is much needed. And I want you to remind you today, family, he is very much God himself. He's part of the Godhead. 
The Holy Ghost is God himself. He's part of the Trinity. He is a person just like Jesus is the person, just like the Father is a person. When you look at the people in the Old Testament, anything that they had to do, a task for God, they couldn't do it without the Holy Ghost coming upon them. When a prophet had to prophesy, the Spirit of God had to come upon him for that moment so that he could bring forth that word. Any task that was given to those Old Testament people, they couldn't do it without the Holy Ghost. Look at somebody and tell them, you can't do it without the Holy Ghost. Come on, look at somebody and tell them, you can't do it without the Holy Ghost. I don't care how educated you are. I don't care if you have a a door open to our president, Saul Ramaphosa. Without the Holy Ghost, you can't do a whole lot for the kingdom of God and for this country and for people and for the whole entire world. And then when Jesus comes along the scene of time, The very first thing that he does when he begins ministry, he gets baptized in water, but the Holy Ghost comes upon him. He needed the Holy Ghost. And when he gave the disciples instructions to go out and pray and cast out devils, he breathes upon them, and they get the Holy Ghost as well. The early church had to wait up in that upper room Before they were released to go out and change the world the right side up, they waited for the Holy Ghost. Look at somebody and tell them, you need the Holy Ghost. Look at what Jesus said in John 14, verse 12. He said, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he or she will do also. And then there's a full stop after that. And then we go to verse 13. Is that that what you see there in your Bible? The works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these. Hallelujah. And then he says in verse 13, whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified. Verse 14, if you ask something in my name, only some things. If you ask what? If you ask what? I can't hear you. If you ask what? If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. Now look at verse 16. 16 is the key of how you can do greater things. 16 is the key that if you pray anything in my name, I will do it. Verse 16, I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth. That's how we're going to do the works, the greater works that Jesus said we're going to do. And then if you go down to verse 26, he says there, but the help of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said. We're a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of people in the church are embarrassed about the Holy Ghost. But actually, the Holy Ghost will never embarrass you. He will never, ever embarrass you. As a matter of fact, if you will allow him to, he will make you look like a genius. Hallelujah. You say, but pastor, I only got my grade three. That's all you need. And even if it was less than that, if you allow the Holy Ghost, he will make you look like a genius. Hallelujah. 
There is no spiritual good that can be communicated to anyone lest it be by the Holy Ghost. Can I say that one more time? There is no spiritual good that can be communicated to any single person lest it be by the Holy Ghost. And I want to say with all sadness, the greatest lack in all of Christendom is the absence of the Holy Spirit's power and blessing. Come on, it's amazing that churches have gotten larger, campuses multiplied, technology flying left, right, and center. All of that is great. But you know what? Spiritual power has gotten less. And hey, I'm all for technology. I'm all for having the best of the best and and for online streaming and LED screens and all the lights and all the wonderful things, but not at the expense of having no Holy Ghost power. Can I get a better amen? And if we are going to pursue and then overtake, we're going to need that little extra oomph. Hallelujah. I think about a racing car. Anybody, do we have any racing enthusiasts here? Anybody that does those races on the streets? Don't put your hand up. But if you are, if you are, you will know that those cars are kitted out with a, with a NOS, N-O-S, N-O-S, your nitrous oxide system. And so what happens as they take off? I mean, they got the, the metal, the pedal to the, what? The metal to the pedal, the metal, I don't know what. The, the accelerator is all the way squeezed to the, to the floor. And those cars are going, I guess they neck and neck, neck and neck. And the one driver looks at the other and at the right moment, he flips the switch. And when he flips the switch, what happens? He releases nitrous oxide into the system and he gives him that extra surge to overtake his opponent. Come on, the Holy Ghost is like the NOS, N-O-S that we need. Hallelujah. Come on, people of God. The Holy Ghost, having been ignited upon by the Holy Ghost, he's the extra impetus that you and I need to overcome, overtake every situation. That's what the prophet Zechariah said in Zechariah 4 and 6. This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. (laughs) Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Not by your might, nor by your power, but by the power of the Holy Ghost. Can I get a better amen this morning? Come on. There was the wrong fire that came upon Ziklag, and that fire brought everybody into captivity. It enslaved people. It brought about an emotional hurt, a sorrow that you cry and cry until you have no power to cry anymore. But the Bible says that David strengthened himself in the Lord. I believe that's another way of saying David allowed the Spirit of God to ignite him, to instigate him, to stir him up. Even when nobody was standing with him, he allowed the power of the Holy Ghost to stir up on the inside of him. That extra impetus, that extra power, that extra dynamic that he needed and he goes to God and, and, and he said, God, shall we go for it? And God said, come on, my boy. I know that it's not by your might nor by your power, but by my spirit that's on the inside of you and you can do it. 
Hallelujah. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I know that my time is up. I had more to speak. But I want you just to lift up your hands this morning wherever you are. Just wherever you are. Just wherever you are. Come on. There's parts of your life maybe you say that have become dry and barren. Maybe there's been too much of a striving of the flesh. You're trying to work it out in your might, in your power. But God says, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Not by might, nor by power, but by my Spirit's power. By my Spirit's enabling. Come on, I want you just to lift your hands right now. I don't need to lay hands on you. Those of you in the overflow center, those of you that are in the conference center, those of you that are watching at home, come on, lift your hands right there in the living room. Right now, the fire of the Holy Ghost can come upon you. Come on, rekindle you. Come on, let there be a stirring. Let it be the right fire. You say, Pastor, it's been the wrong fire, man. No wonder I've been depressed. No wonder. I haven't made headway. No wonder I've taken one step forward and ten backwards. It's the wrong fire. The wrong fire. Come on, one time in the Old Testament when they offered up the wrong fire, what happened? It was profane fire. It was unholy fire. The earth opened up and swallowed up Korah and all of those that offered up a strange fire. There's only one fire. It's not Sangoma fire. It's not witch doctor fire. It's not psychic fire. Don't, don't give me that garbage that all religions go the same way. What a load of garbage. Read your Bible, man. Read your Bible. Read your Bible. Well, we all, every, every religion worships the same God. Talking a lot of garbage. That's because you've been ignited by the wrong fire. There's a strange fire that you've allowed into your house. There's a strange fire that you've allowed into your house, into your family. There's a strange fire, man. Come on, we need the right fire of the Holy Ghost. 120 were in that upper room. Come on, just prior to that, Peter had been warming himself up against the wrong fire. And when, he, when that wrong fire came, what did he do? He denied the Lord. He actually cursed the Lord. The lady said, aren't you part of the 12? Aren't you one of the disciples? And he was warming himself up in the, in the courtyard. And that was the wrong fire caused him to deny the Lord. The wrong fire will get you to deny this book. Will get you to deny this book. Will get you to twist the truth in this book. Get away from people who are offering you strange firemen. Run, I say run, I say run from people who are offering you strange fire. We don't need strange fire. We need God's fire, man. We're going to get through this COVID. If we're going to get through the crime and the violence and the woman abuse and the racism and everything else that's out there, it's going to take the right fire, man. The right fire. Lift your hands up right now. Come on, that fire is ready to fall on you. If you're hungry for Him, if you're thirsty for Him, He won't come if you shut your spirit down. If you close yourself to Him, He won't come. He won't come. He won't come. You don't have to worry. He won't come. And He's not coming to embarrass you. He's not coming to make a fool out of you. No, He's coming to better you.
He's coming to better you. Come on, lift your hearts, lift your hands right now. Lord, let the fire of your presence fall. Let there be a cry that comes from our hearts. God, we want to ask you for forgiveness if we have some, in some way offered strange fire, unholy fire, if we've been affiliated with stuff that is nonsensical, doesn't even make any Bible sense. Forgive us if we have, if we have moved away from the church doctrine that the early church had. Forgive us this morning that there be a fire that comes, that there be a fire that burns burns, 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 burns. Come on, that burns on the inside of us. Let there be a stirring of the Holy Ghost. We're going to end this year on a great high, but it takes the fire. It takes the right ignition. It takes the right instigation. We want to be instigated by the Holy Ghost. Hey, 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 hey. Come on, people, cry out to God. Come on, if you want that fire, call, call on him, call on him, call on him, call on him. Hey, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Hey, we want the right fire. Hey, get up, sinning down, you're not dealing the Yeah. Your fire fall, fire fall. Hey, yeah, Worship Him in the spirit of holiness, holiness, holiness. Spirit, Holy Spirit. 
Father, I just want to thank you this morning for your fire that is igniting our hearts. Let this word burn on the inside of us, not by might nor by power, but by your spirit. I pray today, God, every heart would be ignited. Every marriage would be ignited in families. Let there be the fire of the Holy Ghost in our businesses, God. I pray for the right kind of a fire, not the wrong fire that brings into bondage, that puts people into captivity, but a fire from heaven that brings people out of captivity, that we will lead captive captivity because of the right fire. I pray right now, stir up our hearts. Stir up our hearts with every head bowed, every eye closed this morning. The fire of the Holy Ghost. Our God is a consuming fire. When John on the Isle of Patmos hears a voice talking behind him, he turns around and he sees Jesus. And when he looks into his eyes, he sees that his eyes were as flaming fire fiery eyes he's a God of fire not to destroy you not to crush you not to cripple you not to torment you but to, to refine you to make you who God called you to be this morning you might be away from God you say pastor things have happened and I'm away from God I have no peace Whatever the story is, I don't know what your story is. All I know is the gospel story, the good news. The good news is that Jesus, 2,000 years ago, came to save you, to wash you, to redeem you, to reconcile you back to the heart of God. No matter how far you might have fallen this week or last month or even today, you can come back to God. You can come back to God. Right now, I know that our time is up. I want to lead you in a simple prayer. Would you say this prayer after me? Heavenly Father, I come to you today. Jesus' name. I'm sorry that I've messed up. I'm sorry that I've lived my own life. But today I come and I ask you for forgiveness. I give you my heart, my mind, my body, my entire life. And I confess you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for your blood that cleanses me from every sin that cleanses me from every sin. I receive your forgiveness. I belong to you from this day onwards. I am yours and you are mine and I'll never be the same in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Now, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, whether it's here or in the conference center, just lift your hand. If you prayed that prayer, you gave your heart and life to God. You dedicated your life in the conference center. Just keep your hand uplifted. Somebody will come to you. If you're watching online, then just tell us that you prayed that prayer. And we want to just agree together with you. We want to actually just rejoice with you. Amen. Let's all stand up in this place. Father, as we go our various ways, thank you that you go before us today. Thank you for the fire of your Spirit that continues to burn in and through us. 
in Jesus' name. Before you go, all of those of you that were in the conference center, all of you that were watching at home, can we put our hands together, give them all a big God bless you, all right? We love you, goodbye, and God bless you, amen. Praise the Lord, you are blessed.